Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, sadly not that bloke from the glorious podcast, The Starting Block, drop the K at the end. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewLP. Joining me once again is League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at... Nah, actually, follow The Starting Block instead. And based on your tweets last night, Freaky, you're feeling a bit frisky. Yeah, The Starting Block, how good are they? Um... Listen to their podcast live. I think they do it on Periscope because I, I see it on Twitter, so I watch it. I watch every single episode. And in between watching episodes, I look forward to it, their episodes. Um, they're just the best. Like, I I want to change my name to the Glorious Starting Block because of how good they actually are. They're, um, I won't say that they're revolutionary, because that would be underselling them. Like, you just have to listen to them and follow them and tell them where you, you heard of them from um, to see how good they really are. They're, they're at a point where I think they go beyond revolutionary. They're, they're more of a lifestyle choice. Yeah. In like, fact, I think that when you, you go to the motor registry to do your driver's license, it should be like male, female, other, or the starting block. Because I think that's only fair for the nation and for the children. And the future. Obviously yeah. the future. I believe um, the children are our future. Yes. Speaking, speaking of also Twitter, I mean, I don't even go on there and look at anything I do on there anymore. I just go onto the starting block and mm. just look at their tweets on there. They don't tweet very often, but when they do, it's like a little party. Yeah, and it's like uh, happiness is brought into your life. I don't even call it Twitter anymore. I do it on the podcast so people know. I call it my starting block app because that's how I interact with the world is through them and through their eyes. Um, and I like the revolutionary setup that they have too where it looks like they're actually in two different locations, possibly on two different planets, but they're just in separate rooms. I really like that look. It's fantastic. So 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 um, brilliant is it that we've replicated that ourselves here? I'm actually just in your toilet. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't told you that I'm there yet, but that's exactly where I am. Oh, okay. I wondered who was in there. Sometimes I go in there and it's like a creepy old man. That's not you, is it? Well, oh. I'm not old. Okay. All right. The creepy bit might be accurate. Okay. Excellent. Whatever the case, it all ends up the same way. The other thing I was going to say is that I'm, I'm thinking of going to uh, the, the local council chambers and changing my surname to Greeno. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I, think, could... it's, I think it's the next step in this, yeah. in this love war we've got. I think, it's only, I think it's only fair because... Yeah, we, we need to see how far they're willing to come along on the ride with us here. You know what? I don't think they can go further than we are going. Because we, we just take it straight from the top. I mean, we've done it at the end of the podcast. We've done it now at the start of the podcast. We're doing it for longer than they are going to be. They did it in their last episode, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to keep up to pace with the love that we have for them because it's impossible. Like, the love is just a big, big love heart that just keeps on growing full of love. Exactly. I mean, it's even to the point now, we've actually got a guest with us sitting here listening to us talking about the starting block. Yeah. And he's only got 15 minutes left of, left of life. But we've yeah. decided to waste that so that he could listen to us talking about the starting block and how great it is. Because we find that that just has to be said and he has to know this before it passes on. <laughs> yeah. And like if you watched if you watched their last episode and they were, watch, they were listening to us 
talking about them, talking about us. So at this point, it's just podception, basically. Um, I don't know how many levels in we are. Uh, and like, which ones, who of us is Leonardo DiCaprio? I think it should be me. It's got to be me. I'm, I'm more of probably one of the garbage bins in the background. The garbage bins. <laughs> oh, Similar man. sort of level of attraction. Yeah, who, who's, uh, who's playing the guy that plays Bane? I don't know who would be playing the guy that plays Bane. I don't, I don't remember fucking names all that well. I know Leo's name. And then there's uh, Robin from fucking The Dark Knight. He's in there too. You've got to have him there. I was going to say, perhaps Bane could be who our second guest is, because the one who the one who is about to die has actually sadly passed on. So sad. Sorry yeah. to hear about that. Um, but maybe Bane could be Matt Attard, who joins us here. You can find him on Twitter at mattard90. How are you, mate? Sorry, what was that? I was just listening to the starting block. <laughs> <laughs> And we will. I didn't we will hear any of that. Hit... I just. Try, I must have just chimed in at the right time. I didn't hear the start of the show. I was yeah. watching. Uh, sorry, I was listening to the starting block. It was just. Oh. It was just unbelievable. I mean, I've. <sighs> sorry. We, oh. we'll, we'll anyway, actually sit here just, and yeah. I was just, we'll let you. We'll sit here and let you finish listening to it. No, yeah, you're, you're that's fine. That's not an issue for us at all. That's thank you very much. Just before I get back to it, look. Um, I take a lot of inspiration from the great man Gandhi, and and I've done some research into him as well. And you know, he's got a lot of great quotes. You know, and, you know, such as um, "an eye for an eye only ends up making the whole world blind," and mm-hmm. "where there's love, there's life." And there's another quote that that he often gets, um, you know, given the credit of having, which is, "Happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony." But I've actually been doing some research, guys, and and turns out the quote was wrong. The quote's actually, "Happiness is." when, what you think, what you say, what you do are in harmony, and when you listen to the starting block. So there you go. Uh, that makes so much sense now. Because before yeah. it was just bullshit. I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? But now it makes sense. That's right. Life is so complete. Now. Everything's like full circle now. Yeah. Mm. I'm almost ready to put my pants back on. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> well, we had to wear pants. Oh, it's optional. Oh, it's good. optional. Okay. Well, I was going to say... Given the way the media's been talking lately about Cooper Cronk, maybe you could leave them off and, and join them. <laughs> oh, he's an immortal. He's an immortal. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cooper Cronk's announced he's retiring. So, Has instantly. He? Had no well, idea. Yes. I wish someone in the media would say something about it. Yeah. And uh, as is the case, because he's played for Melbourne um, and won premierships, he's automatically in the immortal discussion. Discuss. Well. <laughs> Fuck off is what I say to that. Yeah. Yeah, I look, no. I would look, say no. Oh, in all, all seriousness, he deserves all the credit he gets, obviously, all the articles and things like that. I mean, what a player. And, and he's mm-hmm. done some great stuff. But fuck me, Dad. The immortal, the, the word immortal just gets thrown around so ridiculously these days, doesn't it? It yeah, certainly really. does. Um, and for me, there's another halfback from Queensland who deserves that um, that tag long before Cronk does. No disrespect to Cronk. And that's uh, Duncan Thompson. Um, yeah. His impact on the game is still still there today, over 100 years later, through the coaching of Wayne Bennett. So, you know, find me a player with a legacy that long. You know, they can go in ahead of him. But, yeah, I'd, I'd have Duncan Thompson there ahead of any other halfback at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. But what about um, Shane Perry? Ooh. That's tough. Nice. Tough, is... yep. See? Just thought I'd throw a spinner in the works there. Uh, that is, see, that that's the cue that Cronk is behind. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, that that it, feel it, flat. <laughs> it's it's all right. Sometimes it happens. Um, it, it's it's very strange though. It's like they keep on calling everyone an immortal, and the whole the whole idea of it really should be like how are you thought of as a player in context of like twenty years after you've retired. Um, when they originally named the Immortals, the first four, I think, when was that? That was in, like, the early 90s, maybe, late no, 80s, early 90s. 1980, I think it was. Really? 1980? That far back? Yeah, I think Clive Churchill was still alive at the time. Yeah, he? yeah, he was, and yeah. It was done as a promotion to sell Penfold wines, I believe. Yeah, because, you know, well, you've got to sell the grog, don't you? Right, but, cool. uh, but, yeah, it's... I think that this whole idea of somebody retires and they're called an immortal, it's a little bit silly. And I think it doesn't do any justice to somebody like Kronk because then you get people saying, oh, yeah, he's not an immortal and stuff. And it's like, yeah, the, the immortals are supposed to be like the very best of the best ever. And, um, you know, sadly, I think the immortals concept is going to change from what it used to be. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah, I... I don't like the fact people automatically put into that whether they're an immortal or not group. We do have a Hall of Fame field for people to go into that are top of the line as well. Well, that's people the thing. To... You, can't, you can't become an immortal unless you're in that Hall of Fame as well. That's exactly right. And I think so... people have got to realise that they need to see that the immortals are for the elite Hall of Famers. And if you're not in the Hall of Fame, you can't be in the immortal discussion. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah, that's right. We need to talk about that Hall of Fame before we even talk about the Immortals. And there's all these categories you've got to tick off to get into the Hall of Fame as well. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a long road to talk. It's a long way to go until Kronk's anywhere near the Immortal status. Exactly. And speaking of someone else who also isn't in the Hall of Fame, um, Mitch Moses. <laughs> Not he yet. Be. What are you Not talking yet. about? You'll get um, there. Just ask him. This week, a, uh, an article came out talking about how he's focused on playing for Parramatta and not letting um, state of origin aspirations get in his way of doing the right thing by Parramatta. And um, I mean, good on you, Mitchell, for being focused on, on the Eels because that's where your focus should entirely be because mm-hmm. that's probably where it's only ever going to be. Yeah, so humble um, of you too. Like, tell us what you really think. Um, well, he's, he's good with he's good for a cliche. So one of his quotes here was, "If I'm playing well and the team is playing well, the rest will look after itself." I mean, we spoke about Gandhi before. On the level of insightfulness, how does that rate? Mm. <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> well, remember the scale we were talking about before the podcast, Andrew. That's a ten. <laughs> that, that is a ten. <laughs> and let's not discuss that 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 scale right now. But um, yeah, like it, I like that quote because none of that seems to be happening right now at the Eels. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like he's they're playing like garbage. Himself, he's talked himself out of a gig there. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's great. Shit, maybe I'll second um, second. Or oh, I had an article coming out this week that I did with Jack Cogger and. And I was just, um, you know, in it talking about how he really wants to focus on his club footy instead of Origin selection, which is just around the corner. Fuck, I might put oh, that on the back burner. It's it's good that he's thinking about that, though. I'm glad yeah. he his priorities are right. Yeah. Shit. Need, okay. No, I might, need, might not relate. Well, I might not put that one out this week. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was another great quote by Mitch Moses here. I don't know if, if um, Jack had one like this as well, but he said. I have been working as hard as possible every day since before pre-season started. Right. 
He's been he's been working hard every possible day since the pre preseason. The pre preseason or the pre pre preseason? Just the preseason. <laughs> the pre preseason. Every day be- every day before. Since every day since before. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's the pre post preseason. I haven't had enough coffee to deal with this shit. <laughs> oh. Jesus, they wouldn't do this. They wouldn't talk this nonsense on the starting block. Yeah. No, on the starting block, they'd have this sorted out immediately. Yeah, they, I would. The, they would. Well, I've got, I got one more great quote before you, you uh, have a complete meltdown. That is, pulling on that Blues jersey would be a dream come true. Only for you, Mitchell. Everyone else would be having a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> what is it about Mitchell's, hey, for New South Wales? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, can we not go there, please? Yes. Hopefully uh, not. <laughs> well, we could quickly move on to another poor performing half by the name of Nathan Cleary. Mm. Now, he's playing for the Panthers at the moment, sitting at the bottom of the ladder. Sorry, Freaky. That's and right. um, playing behind a savagely defeated forward pack. Is that That's enough for him to I'm be... Like, uh, yeah, I've I got to stick up for Nathan Cleary here. I think he's actually been quite good. But, you know... It's like you, you you put any any player at halfback in a shit team, they're, they're not going to look very good, are they? But, you know, you put a good player in a good team and they're going to thrive. And I think even in a bad team that's been performing so poorly, I think Nathan Cleary's been really good. Um, and, and, you know, he did his job so well in origin. He's, he's such a young bloke, but he's got so much natural talent. And, um, you know, despite how the Panthers are going, I'd... I'd still, I'd give him his his seven jersey back. He hasn't, to me, he hasn't done anything to lose it. Uh, I look at it more that way. He hasn't been setting the world on fire, but he really hasn't done anything to lose that jersey either. I'd I'd pick him at number seven. I I don't think there's many other better options at half anyway for for New South Wales. So, um, yeah. Hopefully he's there round one, uh, game one. Yeah. See, I I mean, in my team, I went with all of the South players. Um... Cook, Reynolds, and Walker as my just about my spine. Um, but if they picked Cleary, I wouldn't be upset with it. As you say, he hasn't. It's not like he's played himself out of it. It's not like he's played terribly. He's just playing in a side that's absolutely being smashed. They're like the opposite of the starting block. They like the starting block is really really good, whereas the Panthers forwards are really really terrible. Um, that's right. So it's you know. I could understand if New South Wales said, look, we've settled on him as our halfback going forward. They won the series last year with him playing there. He played really well. I mean, there was a point in in a couple of them games where you're like, holy crap, he's really playing well. Um, And playing, he's probably played as well, even in that series, as any halfback that New South Wales has selected for a long time. And that's not saying much, but it's it's something to go on. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I think he, that if they select him, I, I wouldn't be upset with it. Uh, but I I do think that they probably would get more out of selecting all those South players that I mentioned before, just because I think they're all the informed players right now. Yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, I've got um, I got Carey and Cleary together in my mm-hmm. um, in my side with Walker coming off the bench, and you know, I, nothing against Adam Reynolds. I think he's been okay. He's probably He's, he's done just as much, if not more than Cleary has this year. But again, <clears throat> for me, you look at the uh, 
performances of Adam Reynolds against a team at the top of the ladder, you know, uh, who's got a big pack that's been playing so well and he's really played second fiddle to Walker, really. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for me, I'd have Walker coming off the bench and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, Reynolds in the team at all. Yeah, see, I, for me, I always look at uh, combinations, especially in the half, and um, the, I think that's the thing for me that's preventing Cleary from, from getting into the blue side is I don't think that Maloney's been very good at all this year. To me, I think he's been trying too hard. Oh, and that tends sure. to be when he starts giving away penalties and making silly mistakes. Um, there's definitely never been a question about the effort Maloney puts in. I just think sometimes when he tries too hard, he tends to make um, occasionally bad bad decision or he makes a makes a mistake or he's gives away a silly penalty a bit too often. But yeah, um, he hasn't been playing bad. Just uh, I think, but I think that sort of has hindered Cleary a bit this year. I think something a lot of people harp on about is the combination in the halves. But, you know, to me, if you put you put Keary in uh, in the halves there with Cleary and all of a sudden you've got that huge club combo on the left side there of Keary, Cordner and um, Latrell Mitchell. And I think that's I think that's more beneficial to New South Wales, that that combination, those three blokes on the left edge there than, say, a club combo of Walker and, and Reynolds. Yes, but I suppose, especially too, with you've got Tedesco chiming behind that as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Exactly right. So, yeah, I hope that's the way that Fittler goes with, um, you know, Cleary, Corden and Mitchell there on the left and then he sticks with with Nathan at half back. But, um, yeah, whatever happens, whenever that team comes out, can't wait for the meltdowns that are going to happen on Twitter. Especially from, the new, especially from a lot of Knights fans. Why well, wasn't Mitch picked? <laughs> See, the only issue too with with a Keary Cleary combination is Rabs might get tongue tied over it. Oh, he gets tongue tied with Smith. So, imagine if Takiri was playing as well in the New South Wales team. <laughs> That'd be great. Cleary to Takiri. Back to Keary. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oh. Right, well, from one from one Panthers player to one almost expansive player, uh, Dallin Matteni Zalesniak has been granted the uh, by by the club to go and talk to other clubs. Um, Parramatta, I suppose, supposedly top of the queue to to snare him. Uh, that's just sad, from Penrith. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like what would you take? What would you take? Ah, here we go. It's done. Do it. Why the, okay, here you've got a, a, a Panthers junior that wants to play at the club, okay? He's played all of these positions in the back line. He's a really good winger. He's a really good center. He's a really good fullback. He plays fullback for the Kiwis. He's a test player for the Kiwis. He plays great against the Kangaroos. He leads the Kiwis to a win over the Kangaroos. And they fucking have managed to make it a problem in this season of shit. Why do they keep on creating problems for themselves? Like, here's one of your players that you would say, with all of the problems we have, at least we've got, you know, Wittini Zelesniak. We're cool there. We know we've got a star in the back line. And they've told him that he can negotiate elsewhere. It's a bloody disgrace. 
And whatever's going on at the Panthers, like the board needs to have a look at themselves, the CEO needs to have a look at themselves. It's time to really start asking questions about the coach because if he doesn't think that he's good enough to be in this shit Panthers team, where the fuck are the players that they're replacing him with? It's a load of crap. I watched the their reserve grade team on the weekend, right? They're not full of stars. It's absolutely ridiculous that this Panthers team thinks that they can drop players that are young and that have talent. They're not going to replace them. And how many bloody players do the Panthers have to produce and then make leave the club? Will any of them ever stay forever? It's a fucking disgrace. Uh, summed it up perfectly, mate, because I think it is one of the dumbest decisions the club has made since they let go of Luke Lewis. Um, yeah. Just... The kid loves being there. He's an absolute bloody star. You can put him... And they've done him a disservice by moving him around everywhere, which means he hasn't been able to get settled in a set position, which has ultimately made him um, struggle with form a little bit. But it's not grounds enough to to let him go. I think he's he's a franchise player you hang on to, yeah. especially at his young yeah. age. And to be let him... You've absolutely hit the nail else. on the head. You hit the nail on the head there, Freaky. He's a... Why has he not been playing fullback? I don't understand. Why is he not at number one? I don't know. He, I just... Anybody that watched, watched him play for New Zealand and watched him dominate Australia and how terrifying he is running the ball back, you'd say, well, he's a fullback. That's it. You don't have to worry about the fullback position now. And when right. you watch this Panthers team, you don't watch them and say, oh, he's the problem. They need to get rid of him. There's like about, you know, there's 16 other players that are more of a problem than he is, and he's the one that's been told he can leave the club. That's so weird. There's, there's got to be more doing? to it. And that's when that's when rumours start and, you know, all the shit starts with what's going on in the club internally. Has he lost the room? Has, you know, is there infighting with players and shit like that? Yeah. That, because you, 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 there's no reason why he would want a request a release unless there was something else going on or... Yeah, I just there's there's no reason for him not to be in the side at fullback either. It's not mm-hmm. like they're top of the table. So yeah, I really don't understand. It's um one for the ages. It's fucking it just doing me head in thinking about it. And I've been thinking about that a lot the last few days. I was thinking to myself, oh shit, I wonder if the dogs can jump on him and get him. Like any club's going to want him. Any club oh, yeah. want him. Yeah, yeah. If I'd I was love the Broncos, I'll go after him. Yeah, I'd, I'd love him in mm. the Tigers. I mean. Put him in it. Put him in at fullback. There, you can move him by to the to five eight. So we've actually got a five eight that's not injured who can play next year. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. Because there's no there's no succession plan at the Tigers after Benji goes if Reynolds gets injured again. Um, hmm. So we need someone there. Might as well and by there, he'd be better in the halves than a fullback. And there is that. I mean, when he played for the Kiwis, and absolutely just tore it up. No one for a second thought. This team's going to be so much better with Roger to a check back. They just went, we've already moved on from him. You yeah. know? He was yeah. that damn good. You're sitting there going, how do you fit those two great fullbacks into that one side together? I mean, mm. that was, that's how impressive that performance was. And to have Parramatta, uh, Penrith just go, no, nah, we don't want him. And Parramatta now looking at him. Oh. Talk about shooting yourself well, in the foot. I don't know why Parry would look at him. What are they going to do? Move. Gustafson to five eighths or something, are they? Reserve or... grade. That's where he belongs. <laughs> After all that Back contract shit, we've worked it out. We, okay. we worked it out before the podcast. Okay, you know what Gustafson is? He's Paul Carriage before that Bulldogs game. <laughs> That's what Paul he Car- is. I didn't think we'd be talking about Paul Carriage. Exactly. Wow. And we won't be talking about Clint Gustafson when he has his Bulldogs game. You watch, it's coming. 
I and they're going to be paying $650,000 for a dude that they're going to have to ship off to fucking Salford in six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, the thing I, that I see Parramatta doing here is they're going to move Gutherson to the halves where he should be. He's, he's not in the halves at the moment purely because Moses likes to be the one in control in the halves there. Um, we saw last year when he's got competition in the halves, it, it just goes to crap. Um, that's why they got rid of, you know, Corey Norman. And to an extent, it's kind of proven itself a bit. You know, they're, they're traveling better now than they were last year. So, 50-50. That's right. It's 50-50, <laughs> but it's better than... The race to was. the middle. It was it was like 30-70 last year. Yeah, that's true. So it, it has had an improving effect there. But I think Gutherson needs to be in the halves. And I dare say if they get DWZ, they'll put Gutho at 5'8". And they'll put um, they'll put Dallin at fullback there. Which it looks impressive on paper, I guess. More so than what it is at the yeah. moment for Parramatta. But, uh, yeah, it does. That's about just all like, I can do with him. I just like that, I mean, that, that Parramatta halves pairing would be costing them like $1.65 million a season. <laughs> Brilliant. Jeez. Hey, but at least they're focused on Parramatta and not playing for New South Wales. That's true. you gotta, you know, you got to keep your eye on the prize, don't you? Yeah, I'm, playing I'm good. quite surprised they haven't been mentioning Gutherson's name as much for New South Wales. I mean, they're looking been, for a He's been a distracted, really. mate. He's been distracted, mate, with all that contract talk. That's because right. no other players to go through that. It's very, no, very distracting. Right. No, of course. He almost talked to Manly. <laughs> <laughs> and he almost had another offer. Yeah. Harry Matter still upgraded the contract, though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just let that hang there for a sec. That's just nuts. Yeah. It's just uh, Parramatta. At least Brad Arthur will unlock how good they are. He's shown that he can do that over the course of 25 years coaching the Eels. And he'll be doing it for another twenty-five more now that he's signed that contract extension. Brilliant. Nailed down a great coach there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like he wasn't being chased by anyone else, by the way, either. No, no, that's right. But as as we discussed, the only option that may have been available was Trent Barrett. So what yeah. do you do? Your hands are kind of tied, aren't they? You, you lock up Brad Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with What's wrong with Trent Barrett? <laughs> Nothing. He's where he should be right now. Is that a serious question? <laughs> no, no. I just like I just like the fish. That's fine. Um, we we discussed this on the last episode when we just said no. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear the last episode. I was watching. Last, the, yeah, I was listening good. to the starting block. That, that's, oh, well, that's acceptable. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, that's you'll find most people. We're just talking to ourselves. No one's ever going to listen to this. No, no, the only time people listen to this is when the starting block actually do what they did in their last episode and plays it on their episode. That's exactly right. That's the yep. first time we actually had anyone listen to us. So thank you, starting block. You actually helped us out as well there. Yep. Uh, we're going to first listen after 23 episodes, 22 mm. episodes. Great. People. Even we're not keeping count. Um, <laughs> speaking of poor, uh, did, did anybody ha- happen to watch... Uh, Dylan Walker being interviewed last night by Danny Wheeler. Um, I didn't watch it. Brinky, did you watch it? No. Uh, Matt? No. Uh, poor old Danny Wheeler. No one's watching him. Yeah, it's a shame. But uh, he, tapes it I, and, he tapes it and watches it himself all night. Yeah. He checks out. He's, he likes 
he goes slow motion and he's like, is the back of my ear looking good in this shot? I think it is. Yeah, I still got it. <laughs> he's got that lovely brushed part of the right side of his head down pat too. Mm. So it's the right side of his head. Yeah, it's kind of weird, you never, huh? Never see the left side. You don't see the left ear. Maybe he's got a mangled left ear. What if he's like two two face, Harvey Two Face, and the other side's just all burnt off? It's just a skull. <laughs> maybe that's how he gets his interviews. Players are so fucking terrified of him, and we just don't see it. It's so like fucking hell. So he's got a left ear like, like Mick Foley. It's just been all chewed off and ripped off with barbed wire after <laughs> years of fighting in Japan. <laughs> he's like the hound. Yeah, well, um, we're, we're told by a pretty reliable source that he, he can be a little bit um, defensive of his own work. You got a, a story for us there, Matt? <laughs> Danny, yeah. defensive? <laughs> Danny well, yeah, has, just... Are you trying to say that Danny Widler doesn't have thick skin? Are you I'm trying not... to say that Danny Widler can't take a little bit of criticism? I'm, I'm saying that... He doesn't have much joy in his life. You'd because, be obviously, because obviously he doesn't listen to the starting block. That's half the... Well, that's all the problem. But That's right. It's, well, he, it's just watches his own, he just watches his own interviews on repeat on DVD. And that would get someone down. And that's right. Look, at look you're, you're spot on. He is very defensive. I do have a story. Um, I guess I can talk about it now. I don't work for Fairfax Media anymore, so I can. Yeah, just don't get anyone in trouble. Couldn't at the time. Couldn't <laughs> at the time. Got warned, I got threatened with a lot of um, legal action and stuff. But I can say it now, so I don't give a fuck. Danny Widler, what a man. So, once upon a time, about... uh, When would that have been? Probably around round 20 last season, I'd say it was. Towards the end of the year. Sitting down, watching a game. Up pops on Twitter a story from Danny Widler. Breaking news. Fucking... This player wants out of this club and there's unharmony at the club and everyone hates the coach and blah, blah. May or may not have been about the Bulldogs, I'm not sure. Um, but I'm, I quote tweeted him and I said, another Danny Weedler scoop. I'd rather take sex advice from a nun than listen to what Weedler has to say because it would be more reliable. So he saw that. Ten minutes later... I had a phone call from one of my regional area editors, bosses, saying, oh, Matt, you've got to take that tweet down. They've complained. Denny, Denny Widler's very upset. Um, I've had the head of Sydney Morning Herald Sport ringing me up, also complaining. You've got to take it down. You're questioning his credibility. You, you, you know, you're putting out there that what he puts out there isn't, isn't truthful and, and um, you've, got to t- you've got to take that tweet down. Anyway, long story short, I got into lots of arguments with lots of different people about it. I stood my ground. Um, turns out he just he just didn't like that. He just did not like me questioning his credibility at all. So um, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to say that what he says is bullshit, even though it is. You're not allowed to point out that he's got like a 2% success rate on all of his stories or that he sits down and interviews, you know, grubs for a living. You can't say any of that because you'll get very, very upset. So there's well, my little story. Well, I'm glad you didn't say it. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's interesting. I was just thinking then, how often do you see 
any of the journalists really going at each other. I mean, you don't see it too much in rugby league at all, do you? You sort of, they all sort of, I don't know, I don't know if tailing the line is the right way to put it. I'd say avoid one another. Yeah, they kind of do, don't they? They avoid one another. That's the way to put it. You see it sometimes with the political journalists. They go at each other pretty hard. But uh, not too often you see the sports journos doing it. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting. I think it's It's, also uh, because they don't want to be pumping up someone else's tyres by mentioning them. Yeah, I wonder if it is that. Like, And I guess, too, it's... I don't know. I, I think that there's they probably get so much criticism from everybody anyway that they probably think, man, I, I can't be adding to someone else's criticism to a certain extent. Um, nah, they're like, not that thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's interesting. See, it's, uh, this, is, this is why they need to listen to us in the starting block, to, see, to show people that you can actually talk about someone else. And do it in a positive manner. Yeah, definitely. Like, I I think that the starting block is so good that uh, Milkbag Millsy would actually shove it up her ass, and that's saying a lot. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. And, like, you know, it, it's... I guess it's unfortunate that he, he went the extra step and, you know, hopefully he fucking woke up the next day and was like, oh, man... I probably shouldn't have gone that far. What I don't get, and, and it's the same for Buzz Rothfield, Paul Crawley, nice nice burner account by Paul Crawley, by the way. Um, and you know these guys make a have, they make a living by putting other people down. They make a living by writing rumours. They make a living by delving into these players' lives, writing bullshit, making them feel like shit, starting rumours that get you know fans up in arms and get the readers and all the rest of it. But the second someone does a small percentage of that back to them by saying, you know what, that, that was bullshit, that, that article you wrote. That rumour is shit. What are, you, what are you writing that crap for? Block straight away. They just can't take it. It's just, yeah. uh, it's very funny. I, yeah, it's funny. I wonder if, like, because sometimes you see negative articles about a player or something, and I wonder if the player's come out and, and thoughtfully sort of challenge these articles themselves. I mean, when it's happened, and I think of James Graham, when he um, was attacked by a pirate for saying that concussions are something that he's willing to um, risk to play a game that he loves. And and a pirate basically rubbished his own thoughts and feelings on that subject. And James Graham was really thoughtful in the way that he came out and really gave a rebuttal to that. And I thought that that was fantastic. And I always think when players do that, it it kind of works better for them. And, and they come out like looking really good when they do it. And I think more pl- more people should do that, more players should do that, because I think it's really easy to come out and, and have the player say, oh, this is BS and all this sort of thing. But if when they come out and they're really thoughtful about what they say and they re- really deconstruct the situation... It's just a, a no-win situation for the people that write these negative articles. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that some of the rugby league media does go that down that road. Um, I think it's a very easy and cheap way to get reads. But, you know, it's part of the overall news cycle, and that's the way they 
their KPIs work now, unfortunately, and it's just something that I don't think is going to change in the short term, but I think in the long term it will have to change because I think we've even seen now people are switching off from that sort of thing. I think also, yeah. too, the, those media companies are realising the people. It's anyway because mm. um, this is by no means a defence, but I think I've seen somewhat of a turn, not a full turn, but a small turn towards them doing more positive articles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not widespread or anything like that, but you, I'm just not seeing as much constant negativity from the mainstream media. It's still always there because that's their, that's their bread and butter. But it's not the only thing they're doing here. You're seeing the odd puff piece every now and then. Um, it's, it's still a bit misguided as to who they do it for. It's like we had we had a month of them constantly pumping up the tires of Clint Gutherson and talking and praising him through the moon to the moon and back. You just think, yeah, okay, we get it. He's off contract. You know, can we move on? Yeah. <laughs> but they're, yeah. they're doing this a lot. Like we're hearing, they're actually starting to talk in a more positive tone about players they've always had a, you know, they've always been on the wrong side of, like Robbie Farrah, for example. They've been talking about how great he's been playing this year. Um, well, he has been playing good. Um, for some reason, he'd long had this um, negative, um, you know, persona, I guess, in the, in the media, the way he's portrayed. You know, people had him regarded as a, a coach killer and things like that. He was getting coaches sacked and all that sort of rubbish and, it was always someone they mocked and got great fun out of deriding, but all of a sudden now it's that's just not happening. They're talking about how great he is, and you know, there's even an article saying that there's talk that he may consider playing around next year. And there's nothing negative about him anymore. It's just the the little things like that which you see for some players. They used to always have a set on for no reason. Um, that it's slightly turning the other way and being a little bit more balanced. Um, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe they've realised that they, they need to change some aspects of what they do to be um, more normal. Yeah, no, I do. I think yeah. it's probably the appetite of rugby league fans when they're consuming the content that you read and stuff about the game. I think it's definitely changed and there, there's definitely been a rejection of just the out-and-out negativity that the media really has pumped out for a long, long time now. And, you know, it's good to see people really rejecting it. Um, and, and they'll learn. I mean, it's going to take them a while, but they will learn because the media is so just, you know, detached from what people are really interested in. Um, it's kind of shocking when you see, oh, like the election with all the polls and stuff and, it just showed how detached that the media was from what was actually happening out there because they had no idea. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, it's, you know, it's great to see it change in any way and, and hopefully it continues in the right direction. Absolutely. And uh, I suppose that wraps up what we were going to discuss today. Um, mm. Anything else people want to talk about? I would like no, to say... Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd just like to say thanks for Matt for coming on. I know that we're not the starting block, but, um, you know, and I'm sorry that we stopped you from watching the starting block earlier too, but I got hopefully now for the rest of the day you can watch the starting block and yeah. really enjoy it as much as we've enjoyed having you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I, I, I do forgive you for dragging me away from that, but that's okay. They'll, um, they gave me permission to yep. come on the show. 
Oh, mate, so, they, uh, they, they would. They are just absolutely tremendous, lovely oh, yep. humans. Oh, they're just, they're just lovely. They're just, you know what? I said, Matt, go for it, mate. Go for it. You know, I've um, always got to help the disadvantage, because I've always been taught that. So um, <laughs> you know, I was more than happy to, to jump on straight away. I'm not surprised. They are, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this, they are gorgeous humans. They are. They're like the Elmer McPherson of the uh, Rugby League podcast world. Oh. Definitely, they... she, she's she's the starting block of models. Well, I'd say you're right. I stuffed that one up. <laughs> hey, but it doesn't matter. They'll forgive you because that's they just will. the type of people they're they very, are. Yeah, they're very forgiving people. So yeah, I'd, I'd even say they're the most humble people in the world. Very. Almost as humble as us. Yes. Wow. Almost. So from the glorious we... league freak and the rugby league stats guru. <laughs> And from Danny Wadler's number one fan. <laughs> Catches all on the starting block next week. <laughs>